Welcome to the Ag Future Podcast, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the future of farming, food, and nutrition. How can we communicate scientific discovery in such a way that we foster consumer understanding, excitement, and even hope? Joining us to shed some light on these discussions is Dr. Richard Lawley, a postdoctoral researcher currently working on a variety of Alltech crop science projects. And thank you for being with us, Dr. Lawley. No problem. Thanks for having me. And let's dig into the, the question. Talk to us a little bit about these emerging technologies in your field. And let's begin with CRISPR, an exciting one. Yes. So uh, there's a lot of um, excitement surrounding CRISPR at the moment. And CRISPR is this, uh, I suppose, emerging technology. Um, it's The first paper was um, describing the mechanism in 2012. And since then, there's been just a uh, an explosion in its use in all forms of um gene uh, modification, gene editing. It's, uh, it's really a revolutionary technology and it's going to change the way we do medicine. It's going to change the way we do research and it's going to change the way we do um, agriculture. So I imagine many people are confused about CRISPR and GMO and what's the difference. Can, can you differentiate them for us? Um, yes, um, I suppose the, the applications, there's more applications um, for CRISPR and then just uh, the, the conventional um, genetic modification. Um, that we'd be that we would traditionally associate with the, the GMO produced genetic um, alterations. CRISPR can do a variety of things that the traditional methods couldn't achieve. Some of these things include like directly editing a genome in a very precise way, down to the deletion of um, mutations that can cause diseases. So, for example, uh, we have the case of citrus greening in Florida, which is a susceptibility, I suppose, that's built into the to the citrus. Is it possible, do you think, to apply CRISPR to citrus in a way that would prevent that in the future? Um, absolutely. I think uh, in terms of um, research in particular, CRISPR is going to bring on a lot of um, our, our knowledge surrounding uh, disease and biochemical mechanisms um, within crops and plants. Citrus greening is a particularly problematic um, disease, probably the worst disease that's ever hit uh, citrus. Um, production is down about 70% as a result in, in Florida. And the ability to edit a genome by removing a, a gene or changing base pairs uh, in a gene, it's going to really speed up how we investigate the disease. And it's, it's really going to bring us forward. Um, it's going to advance us uh, in years in comparison to the to traditional me- mechanisms that we've been able to use. There's been a study for the National Institutes of Health that found that those who are more unfamiliar with GMOs tend to be more resistant to the technology, while those with higher scientific knowledge tend to have more positive attitudes about GMOs. Is there a disconnect between consumer GMO familiarity and scientific understanding, do you think? Um, I think there is. My opinion of it, I suppose, would be that um, I, I don't see any any flaws in, um, in, the, in the use of, of GMOs. I think that, you know, for a growing global population, it's definitely something we're going to have to incorporate um, into the food chain using CRISPR uh, as well. We will have to do that. But I think um, a lot of the initial uh, disconnect between um, the actual technology and the fear surrounding it probably came from the, the commercial benefits that some of the larger producers of these technologies, um, they, were, they were benefiting and there was, there was not necessarily a benefit being uh, translated throughout the food chain. So uh, I think consumers are probably more opposed to these um, technologies um, as a result of probably miscommunication. GMOs have been used now for 
say, 40 years plus, and to date there's been absolutely no association, uh, no evidence that they're harmful in any in any way to, to humans um, for consumption. Genetic engineering uh, has faced regulatory limits and even sort of a frankenfood reputation, uh, even though there have not been any uh, cases of any problems, uh, because it introduces genes of one species into another. Do you anticipate that CRISPR might run into the same sort of backlash? Um, I I do and I don't. Um, I suppose CRISPR um, can do uh, many things that we that we couldn't achieve in the past. So with CRISPR technology, we actually have the ability to change a genome without adding in any foreign DNA. Let's put it that way. Um, from another species, you can replace a gene in a plant or in an, an organism, and you can also do single mutations of nucleotides within a, a genome. And um, it's those applications that are going to really change how people perceive this technology, because you're not actually, you're in in some cases, you're not actually going to be changing the genome of a of an organism. Um, you're going to be maybe modifying it slightly. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that there is enormous excitement around the development of CRISPR technology, and many experts in the field uh, say that it is capable of saving the planet from starvation. Is that an overstatement, or do you agree? I, I don't think it's a, an overstatement. Um, I think it's really going to bring on our knowledge of um, food production. If we, if we can make changes in, in the genetics of um, plants by this gene editing uh, technique, there's really your imagination is, is the limit to, to what you can do. If there is a trait in a plant that prevents it growing, uh, say, two foot taller, if we could change uh, one nucleotide in that trait or remove that trait, that could help us boost the production of uh, certain crops. This will help us in the future provide more food to the world. Okay, let's change the subject just a little bit over to another field that I know you're interested in, nutrigenomics, also a big all-tech field, the study of how nutrition naturally influences gene expression. How does that play in public perception? Have you come up against public perceptions about nutrigenomics? Is it understood? Yeah, so um, nutrigenomics, um, it's it's essentially um, the study of the influence of nutrients on uh, gene performance. Sometimes you get a question, uh, well, is this GMO, is this editing, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, it's very quickly clarified that it's not. Nutrigenomics is literally transcriptomics. It's the study of uh, gene expression. What we typically do is we take a material or we take a product and we look at how it influences a a plant's response or in our animal uh, sciences, we look at how it influences um, the genetic response of um animal genetics. And in our crop science now, we are studying nutrigenomics um, as a way of um, helping alleviate diseases, help uh, boosting performance of crops, and um, helping understand more about some of the the problems um, that drought, flooding, various um, environmental uh, stresses are are putting on agronomic systems. So by using this tool, the the farmer, the producer can fine-tune input, can fine-tune feeds or fertilizer, whatever is being given to the plant or the animal to have a desired result. Absolutely. So I suppose um, the way we usually summarize it is um, we we look at the genetic potential of a particular organism. So let's say we're looking at carrots. 
carrot in its normal um, agronomic environment is going to be subjected to many stresses. Uh, some of these stresses include drought. It could be, you know, overload of fertilizer. could be disease. So what we aim to do with our technology, with our uh, transcriptomic capabilities, is assess the genetic performance of um, that uh, carrot in this case and, and see what we can do to help bring optimal performance to, to those genetic mechanisms that help bring it back up to a to help recover that yield for a producer. Okay. Uh, earlier, we talked on citrus greening, which has hit Florida pretty hard. Uh, another one that uh, I know that you have touched on is black cigatoka, uh, which has been plaguing banana producers in Costa Rica. Um, if you could first describe what that disease is and, and the implications for producers. Yes. So uh, black cigatoga is a problematic uh, fungal disease because um, bananas are, are monocultures as well. Um, they are farmed uh, using asexual uh, means. They tend to be genetically bottlenecked. They don't have a diverse kind of uh, crossbred genetic repertoire to help them adapt very quickly to diseases. So diseases like uh, black cigatoga um, are particularly problematic for banana producing regions. So black cigatoga, as I mentioned, is a, is a fungal disease. It infects the leaf tissue of uh, bananas and eventually makes its way to the rest of the plant. And if it's untreated or uncontrolled, essentially what happens is it can wipe out um, hectares of uh, bananas in a severe incidence of that particular disease pressure. And, and the approach to fighting it has been to apply lots of chemicals, perhaps you know, several times each month at a pretty high cost to producers. Is there, uh, are you investigating natural alternatives to chemicals? So, yeah, um, we have a team currently working in Costa Rica, Patrick Becker and uh, Kyle McKinney. Uh, they're, they're working in Costa Rica and they've, they've been introducing a program using some of our um, agri-solutions. They've been swapping out fungal pesticides with, our, with one of our um, products and a range of our materials also. What they have found down there is that they're able to maintain plant growth with reduced um, pesticide application. And this, in some cases, this can be reported to be up to 20, 30% reduction. And we're currently working on pushing it past that. So I started working with um, Kyle and, and Patrick in the last um, six months or so. And what we are attempting to do now is to um, look at what underlying mechanisms the plant is utilizing to help it battle back against the Black Sea Toga. So we, we were tasked as well last we, uh, last year um, by Dr. Pierce Lyons to build a banana chip, um, uh, which we've done within our uh, research department. Um, and this gene chip can help us assess the activity of um, the banana genome um, under the treatment of our applications. As a scientist, how can we communicate scientific discovery in a way that fosters consumer understanding? We talked about that disconnect earlier. And again, even excitement, even hope. So it's such, a, it's such an exciting area. These technologies, like whether we like to admit it or not, they're already here. They're already been produced. Gene-edited crops are going to be rolled out across uh, the world. Some of the other technologies, they're, they're going to do incredible things for agriculture and for food production. Um, I think the, probably the, the biggest downfall for scientists is they're very insulated. They're stuck in their own bubble, in their own world. And they, um, or should I say we, we tend to dissect all of our own information and share it among, amongst ourselves. And when we do share it, we, we probably make the mistake of, of overcomplicating the information. 
So I think the main thing scientists could do to try and bring further knowledge to the public surrounding these applications is address them in a, in a friendly manner, in a non-technical manner, and break down in the most simplest form. Um, and that's not to say people are, are, are stupid or anything. It's just that the technical understanding um, might not be there. But to slowly break down the different aspects of these technologies and, and just show them that, you know, there is no real risk to these things. And any of the risks that people have, we can assess them and we can show that they're not true um, issues to worry about. Briefly, before we close, I'd like to touch on something interesting about you, Dr. Lally. I understand that you joined Alltech through the Alltech Young Scientist Program after winning the event's global prize in 2016, correct? Then two questions for you. What was your work that was recognized by the award of this prize? And what's your message to the next crop of Alltech Young Scientists? <laughs> Thanks very much, uh, Tom, for that question. Those questions. Yeah, so I, I joined uh, Alltech uh, probably last year following the, the Young Scientist competition. Um, I came to, it was my first time in the United States, actually. I came to, to Kentucky um, as a finalist for the global competition. At the time, I was studying in the Institute of Technology, Carlo. I was looking at a group of microorganisms called plant growth promoting bacteria. Uh, the particular isolates I was working with were Pseudomonas fluorescence. And these organisms, they exist naturally in nature. They've co-evolved with, um, with plants over millennia. And the organisms have the ability to do basically wonderful things to help benefit plants the same way the, the human gut or the animal gut would um, symbiotically benefit from one another. So my my project was looking at the application of these microorganisms in um, in agronomic uh, settings. We did some work with comparative genomics and we looked at some of the traits that these microorganisms uh, use to help uh, promote plant growth. And I suppose fundamentally these organisms and these applications have the ability or have definitely have the potential to reduce the agricultural input of synthetic uh, chemical fertilizers, mm. which we would hope would help uh, reduce the environmental impact of uh, crop agriculture. And your message to young scientists? Um, I suppose to the young scientists this year, um, I had the pleasure of meeting them all um, just yesterday. Be clear, present the data, back up the data with, with further evidence and tell some kind of story, make your message uh, interesting. Again, it's all about that communication to the, to the wider audience. How can you get that uh, technical information across without confusing everybody in the room? Dr. Richard Lawley, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Ag Future Podcast, presented by Alltech. For show notes and more episodes, visit alltech.com forward slash agfuture. future.